0: You know, Halloween. I guess everyone's a title of one good scare. I'm my
1: number one fan. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Give me the bat, March. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Come on. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Welcome to the Screen
0: 17
1: Podcast. Welcome to the Screen 17 Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Raymond Hogg. Join us ever by the charming Rob Mullen. Hey. And Eddie honest stereo bolton (laughs) hi everybody every other week we come to you with our takes and thoughts on entertainment featured on screens big and small but before we get into the episode let's catch up with the guys on what we've been watching lately rob um i have watched a few
0: things lately but the one that stands out most is a movie i've been meaning to watch since it came out a while ago now which is captain fantastic
1: what the hell's Captain Fantastic?
0: Viggo Mortensen movie about. Um, basically, he lives in the mountains with his kids, and he, he like raises them all there. They hunt. He does classes with them. They read books and things, but they just don't have a normal life. They're living completely outside society. Okay. And then the mother of the family kills herself, and they have to go to her funeral. And it's kind of them reconciling this weird life they live. Like they're all very well educated because the dad is very smart and is. Mm taught them properly and then they have to kind of see what real life is about and how awkward they are around people um it's very very good really well acted um i only realized after checking imdb when i watched it that has a link to the last movie i think i talked about which was american psycho oh brilliant lewis, lewis the guy who plays um the gay kind of co-worker in american psycho
1: is that the, the guy when he accosts him in the bathroom yes. and he's about to kill him, and then he thinks he's actually coming on to him?
0: Yep, he's uh, he's the guy who directs Captain Fantastic. Oh, wow. Um yes, yeah, a really, really good movie. I'd really recommend it. Um, I don't know that you'd love it because it's kind of slow-paced, Ray, but if you want some, a bit... what
1: is this like, I don't like, mind slow paced movies
0: no I know you don't mind if it's not your <laughs> it's not your favourite <laughs> thing people like. are
1: going to think I'm I'm like the, the slog of the group that I can only get entertained by big explosions and blinky well, lights
2: I, I will <laughs> say your reaction to Rob talking about Captain Fantastic what the hell is Captain Fantastic it's not it doing yourself it. any favours Ray
1: <laughs> I haven't, I've never heard of it so yeah look maybe you're right <laughs> maybe it isn't up my alley
2: it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a very good film I watched it a few years ago when it came okay, out okay yeah, i must check uh, it out is it on, like on a streaming
1: site
0: has full frontal nudity with v- vigo mortensen so oh, that's it's good. on it's on netflix
1: right now is it all right, all right. All right. i might add recording. it to the list then it's um, i love
2: i actually love the the color palette it reminded me a little bit in in parts of a wes anderson film in yes, that yep. it's quite whimsical at times but it's also very uh it can be very emotional as well uh, and the, also the color palette definitely reminded me of something like a Fantastic Mr. Fox with um, yeah, of the suits yeah. they're wearing, especially Vigo Mortensen, his red suit. Exactly.
0: Very. Yeah. Very, a big red suit he wears at the funeral. Um, yeah. yeah. Beautiful color palette. Really great cinematography. Um, great writing as well. Like obviously, mm. I, like it just goes to show how dynamic, I suppose, Vigo Mortensen can be. He really goes for roles that allow him to kind of try something new a lot of times. Yeah.
1: Um, he really does jump from very different roles like you know I, I assume most people probably know him as like, Aragorn um, but like was, was, what was the uh, one he was in where he played the kind of mob guy looking after the, the girl who was in the prostitution uh, oh, is is that Eastern Promissions? yes Eastern, yeah. yeah that movie was fantastic
2: I haven't seen it actually it's That's really good it he,
1: and he's brilliant in it very fast paced is it oh it's like shot 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 <laughs> it's not not a moment not a moment to breathe in there rob <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I,
0: i'd really recommend it the other thing i started watching um because i'm apparently very slow on the uptake for things at the moment is afterlife with ricky gervais oh i haven't seen that either you haven't haven't seen any of it it's very funny it's also very emotional <laughs> because you, you know the premise
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, his his yeah. wife passes away, and it's his wife
0: died earlier that year, and then he's mm. severely suicidal. Um, but it's it's like if you're into Ricky Gervais stand up, you will love the show. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say nothing more. But it's very cool.
2: good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Afterlife. It's just I know what the what it entails, and I I've never had the inclination to dive into it, even though I've seen pretty much everything he's done. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's just not—it's not something I feel that I need to put myself through. I felt the exact same way, and then for whatever
0: reason, we were just trying to find something to watch, and I was like, "Ah, I've heard that's really good, and I don't want mm. that reason to hold me back, so I'll give it a watch yeah. for sure." At least for me, I can't watch too many episodes in one go. It's like sort of one episode, and then I need a break because it's funny, but also very depressing. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's well worth a watch. It's very well acted as usual it's you'll recognize almost every face that's in it mm. um it's uh do you know he won from extras mm-hmm. yeah is uh, the acting uh, friend who's in the soap opera that he writes the extras is it? she's in it as well in a kind of small part um filch isn't it who also is in game of thrones mm. um yeah so
2: lots of recognizable people it's very good ashley go, jensen go. is her name I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, I actually—that's—I'm usually quite good at names, but I would not have gotten that.
1: Mm. Sweet. Um, what about yourself, Eddie?
2: Um, I've been watching a few things at the moment. So one I watched recently for Halloween was The Mummy, which I had not seen in a long time. That's a great, brilliant. Movie. Yeah, wait—Tom
1: Cruise one or the Brendan Fraser one?
2: The Brendan Fraser one. Oh, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> It still holds up. There are still uh, quite a few very creepy moments in that film, as well as there being a lot of laugh out loud, laugh at loud, ugh, laugh out loud moments, which mm. um, I probably wasn't expecting because I thought it was going to be quite cheesy. Do you but,
0: remember watching the third movie in the cinema?
2: I mean, I've tried to forget. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, really, without moments... co- our own Liam Cunningham in it. There's a moment yes. in the
0: third movie where Yeti's kick is it? I can't remember. if It's a person or like some CGI monster. The Yeti's kick something over mountains that look like an NFL goal, <laughs> and then they, they stick their hands up in the air. Like, Jesus yes.
1: Christ!
0: It's very bad. Anyway, sorry to interrupt.
2: No, it's it's, <laughs> that's, it's an attra- it's an abomination of a film. The, I I don't think I'll watch the Scorpion King. Or. Any of the other sequels again, but I'll probably always go back and watch this every few years because it's great fun. And Brendan Fraser is a very charismatic lead yeah. to to carry the film on his shoulders. And then you have you know you have Rachel Weisz, who's excellent in it, and the supporting cast is all brilliant. All characters, you know, they're all fleshed out in a way that you're. You know, it's not just I don't know. It's not just throwing a person in there to fill a need. It's more. You, you, they're actually tangible characters in it, which yeah. makes all the creepy deaths make you know they're way more scary that way. So was that uh,
1: movie going to be part of? I know um, Universal have tried to redo this many, many times, but was it trying to be part of a new monster verse?
2: No, not sure. I don't think no, so. The, no, no, no. Those those universes weren't really a thing even back in whatever it was, two thousand. Um, yeah, that that all started with Marvel, and. Take-
1: are you sure? Because I thought that that's what like, Wolf and
2: all of those were trying to be. That was maybe eight or nine years later, I know, and then... Was it? They tried, they tried to do it a couple of times, but it's always, it's been since Marvel came up with the universe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so... Uh, no, go on. Sorry, go, on no, go on. No, no. Um, Another couple of things uh, I watched was... Um... <laughs> Some Jim Carrey films which I hadn't seen in a while. So I watched Ace Ventura 1 and 2 and The Mask and Ace Ventura 1 holds up fantastically well apart from uh, some trans stuff at the end which you know I find a lot of people find um, complicated Mm -hmm. but apart from that it's extremely funny and Ace Ventura 2 kind of it's a little bit dated and you can see exactly what he, you know, what Jim Carrey talked about when he filmed Sure* too, was that he felt like he was doing a parody or an impression of himself from the first film. Mm. And you can kind of get that in parts of it. Fact, so it doesn't the, the, hold up as well.
1: The weird thing is, I suppose the first movie is fairly grounded in reality as much as it can. Whereas the second movie is very, animated like the, the set pieces that happen in the second movie are way more out there. Yeah. Like for example um the bit with him coming out of the fake rhino or like the stampede of animals through the the, the Safari House. Yeah. Like it's very fantastical whereas the the first movie is very grounded. It's just a detective movie with animals yeah, involved point.
2: I will say the Rhino bit is the best scene of the entire film. <laughs>
1: Oh, look, it's giving birth. <laughs> that was the only one year later. Sweat, I can't
2: believe sw- that. Yeah, yeah. The sweat coming off him as well. Oh, know,
0: the modern equivalent of that is um, that bit with Danny DeVito in the couch
2: in the early... Oh, uh, uh, it's, it's always coming.
0: That's much more
2: disgusting, though. Uh, well, i on uh, the trash, uh, man. And that's a high bar to clear. Yeah. <laughs> more oh, but uh, and then the mask. Um, I hadn't seen that. I don't think I've seen the mask in twenty years. Um, it's probably pretty
1: a, close to that as well for myself. As a, as it. a red
2: blooded male, um, I always thought that Cameron Diaz was absolutely stunning in that film. Um, and that was her first role. It was, yeah. But it, yeah, it's it's a manic film in that loses itself at the end because it tries to do too many things and it's quite a small film as well for how lofty it's trying to hmm. to uh to to push itself but at the same time the effects in that film hold up incredibly well
1: really they that... look
2: fantastic yeah i, I was actually kind of worried no the effects are amazing and wow. i think it was nominated for best effects that year and deservedly so it's brilliant
0: yeah did Arthur even... You ever see um, Son of the Mask?
2: No.
1: No, no. There, there, there's things. no movie called Son of the Mask. <laughs> what are you talking about?
2: It's too slow pace for Ray. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very introspective movie. <laughs> it's a,
1: yeah, it's a fucking character piece. Um, yeah, no, I was saying to Eddie before the, the podcast started that that mask is actually based on a very, very graphic um, comic. Yeah. Um, and like the comic goes into crazy territory. Like there is some parts of it that the movie kind of takes properly, but then like the movie is very, very different from what the comic is.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, Do you know what? I, I think you've told me this before, but I keep forgetting that it's actually based in the comic book. I must, hmm. get, I must give it a look see sometime.
1: It's mad. It's very, very mad. Um. Anything else?
2: No, that's pretty much the bulk of it. I, I'm sure there's other things, but they're they're the ones that stick out.
1: Um, what have I been watching? I, uh, funnily enough, have started rewatching Star Trek Enterprise and I kind of watched it kind of as a bit of a joke. I was just like, oh God, I bet this is just as bad as I remember it. I'm actually enjoying it way more than I am enjoying Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Like it's, it's actually unbelievable how much more I'm enjoying this. Yeah. I
0: mean, I think I texted you when he told us he watched the first episode of discovery and it still sticks with me. I kind of did like discovery, but it's so bleak. Star Trek was yeah. never that bleak.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, even when I'm watching, like discovery is only set, I think maybe about 60 years after, uh, enterprise. I think it's something like that. Um, and it's set like 10 years before the original series, but like, it It is that. it's just so depressing. It's like end of the world, like everything's depressing and broken. Yeah. like the only bit of discovery that's actually kind of redeeming is when the enterprise actually shows up and Pike and the other characters actually have the colorful uniforms and actually feels a bit more like Star Trek. but like I, I never
2: not... I never finished the first season. I think I got to within two episodes of finishing the first season and I just. Never felt the pull to go back to it. It just didn't feel like a, a Star Trek show. Yeah. For me. Uh, it, it wasn't giving me what I I look at for in Star Trek. Mm. The only reason I I persevered through Picard, which I I liked elements of it, was because Patrick Stewart was in it. That's yeah. Pretty much it. That's pretty much it.
1: And even then, like the, the Picard was just fucking depressing as well. Yeah. Like there's so much wrong with. They ruined seven and nine. They turned into some sort of like bitter crazy uh hunter. Um they've jammed in relationships where there was no like movement of the relationship building up. Like for some reason like Seven ended up in like um, a same sex relationship with this woman on board who she only knew like for a day. Then was it what's Yuan's name? The the one that keeps vomiting, the blonde girl. She ends up with like with the um the captain of the the handsola guy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, him, and then you know, I won't spoil how it ends. But the way it ends is just like well, no one
2: knows any of the characters you're talking about, so this <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen the first <laughs> <Fair> episode, <enough.
0: laughs> and I was happy enough with that. I think I'll leave it at the first episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, no. but
1: anyways, like Enterprise to me is is way more palate cleansing. It's like you have a ship. It's it's episodic, so like it's a self contained story in 45 minutes, which I honestly I think just suits Star Trek. I think this whole like arc of ten episodes trying to tell this big massive story is just it just doesn't work for them, I don't think. I don't know.
2: Do you know, know what I speak? feel that is as well? Is because Star Trek is, you know, it's meant to be galaxy wide. Yeah. And when you concentrate on one story, I think it narrows the field a bit too much. And you're mm-hmm. trying to you're then trying to cram in as much outside elements that yeah. are far away as you can, rather than letting each episode stand alone. When, yeah, I, which I think is the is the better way to use Star Trek because then you get yeah. to do different things and mm. have a have a centralised story within that rather than a to to world building right or something.
0: Expand on one thing you said there, Ed, because it's just saying like um, Star Trek's galaxy wide. I think the, your point there is good because it's like if you're going to try and go for this really hectic arc and like the world is going to end then we need to see more impact than just this one ship whereas as you're saying if the story is a bit more close and small this just focusing on this one ship and its crew is fine like yeah. maybe i'm misremembering but at least with uh, the next generation i did get the sense that it opened up a lot more when the problem became bigger say when macard got captured by the borg yeah you felt that the problem expanded and then it went exactly. back down again when it had to, like there's some of the best episodes of Star Trek are when it's like just a few of the cast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or even like another example, um, like that. that's when you know you're dealing with a big story, like when a story is a two-parter, like um, Year of Hell from Voyager, the two-parter involved there, like the whole first episode is all about them going through this really ridiculously bad time. And then the second part is like a make or break it decision. But you don't know. You actually feel like, God, this is like them at their worst. Um yeah. And I don't think the the new track gets that type of like, maybe it's because you haven't lived with the characters long enough that you don't feel like if this person dies, I would really care. Whereas like if you're oh, watching yeah. Next Gen or something and and suddenly I don't know, or actually hold on, Next Gen and when Tasha died, it's like what the fuck? It's like, oh my god, I came out of nowhere. And you actually she, feel like he
2: was the best looking one. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like frankly you, you had
2: a uh... Oh no when Sorry, she... the only
1: dead characters come back to life more than fucking anyone else
2: <laughs> But yeah no yeah. I think with with Star Trek as Star Trek fans were we we grew up being accustomed to seeing within you know if we were binging on on a say if there was a few episodes in a row on RTE or something back mm. in the day you're accustomed to seeing a klingon episode where it's all concentrating klingons for 40 minutes and then you get your klingon fix then it's concentrated on the Borg, or it's concentrated on a away Mission, or it's concentrated yeah. on a Barkley, or it's it's doing all these different things and you're getting your your fix of um of all these different bits and pieces. Yeah. Whereas when it's when it's uh when it's focused on one story, it's not focusing on different elements, which is why Star Trek was so so lovely back in the day. And I just think yeah. there's they're concentrating so hard to make it this epic adventure that it's yep. missing out on all the elements to actually make it Star Trek. Yeah, I did love that US uh, specifically focused on Barclay there. Yeah, well, I was just thinking <laughs> of the holodeck and the holodeck episode. <laughs> so, <for> Barclay, <laughs> the one that
0: always sticks out to me is the Moriarty becomes sentient, and then I think they end up trapping him on a mini like US virtual PC reality something. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it basically
2: Moriarty. I can't remember.
0: And um, he's the one Sherlock Holmes is. Yeah. Ar-
2: so, oh, yeah. I remember- sorry! No, no, no! I yeah. Sorry, I, I, yeah, I know who Mariarty is. Um, oh, yeah. sorry, from the holiday, he becomes central. Yeah, yeah,
1: oh. yeah, yeah. But like that yeah. was the great. Like, like, don't don't get me wrong. There is some trash episodes of Next Gen. Like, there's probably Definitely. a lot more trash than people remember. Like the one where Beverly gets intimate with a ghost, <laughs> <laughs> and then her dead grandmother comes out of the ground and the have to kill her. honest to god that happens in an episode her dead grandmother reanimates comes out of the ground she's like beverly and they have to kill her again (laughs) the
2: the first season is quite trash like there's, there's so many um what's the where they they all get amnesia all the time all the time and it's (sighs) so annoying (laughs) you're just like (laughs) Oh, you did this in the last episode. Come on! <laughs> yeah,
0: when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I mean,
2: look, that—that's the thing.
1: I, I guess, like, you're absolutely right, Rob. Like, when when it's a self-contained story that's kind of hammered home over ten episodes, it can just feel boring. Like, I think in Picard, the first time you actually got into space was about three episodes in, mm-hmm. and it's just like. What it's not Earth Trek, it's Star Trek. Get out of the yeah. freaking space and do
2: something. <laughs> Get up off your ass, Picard. Yeah.
1: But uh God, that's probably enough ranting on Star Trek. The only other thing I've been watching really, um, I watched last night um uh, the Bloom House Halloween. Oh yeah. Um not bad. It was fine. Yeah, I'm um, not a
2: big fan of that film.
1: It it was unusual like it was just i i think i prefer the rob zombie remake to be honest um but look that's just me sacrilege whatever um but apart from that not much else really just enterprise some other stuff and
2: that did you see halloween rob no it's a single ritual but there's a twist that comes in it that i hated i was like wait, wait are we going into spoilers because Klaxon, no well, we can do, yeah, we can do a quick spoiler, right. spoiler. quick spoiler
1: boing, 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 boing.
2: so you find out that the doctor that was looking after Michael Myers was actually in on the plot the whole time in this film <sighs> and it, uh, as an experiment, and it comes out of nowhere,
1: <sighs> yeah, it's not even a good twist,
0: but they don't even need it. It's not like something it's was unexplained you no, know, like say, um the, the new Star Wars movies. They, they're they kind of like retconning how things happened and like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this is why it was so easy to blow up the Death Star. It's, it's not like that. anybody gave a shit with Mike Myers. Like, it was fine. You don't it's need like, to give us more
1: information. Just, he's just a killer. He doesn't really care. Yeah. I'm trying to make him motivated. He just wants to kill people. It's scarier when that's the case. It's like you've no
0: idea how to stop this guy. You can't negotiate with him. That's why wasps are terrifying.
1: Um, also, a little uh, point on Halloween, Judy Greer does her amazing mother character again. <laughs> One of the many mother characters she plays.
2: She is constantly a mother. Yeah, She is just like I,
1: generic tertiary mother character.
2: <laughs> I also found the end to be a little drawn out where Jamie Lee Curtis is walking around the house looking for him. I felt like that went on for a bit too long. I lost. Yeah. I lost attention.
1: The weird thing is with this um, Halloween sequel of the same name, oh, like fuck that as well. Um, is this now has created a completely tangent universe to the original Halloween? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's Halloween, but like, sorry, is this a sequel to Halloween Two or Halloween? The first Halloween, right? So, at the end of the first Halloween, they don't talk about how they caught Michael. He just disappears at the end.
2: Oh, it's so long since I've seen the original. Is that what I'm happened? I'm pretty sure
1: he's not captured, or if he is captured, it's just his body or something. Um, but anyways, so like Halloween 2 in this movie's universe never happened. Neither did Halloween H2O or H20 or whatever the effect's it's called. Halloween water. So like, H2O, yeah. <laughs> so like Jamie Lee curses is in that as well. And it's just like it just messes Thank with my know. head that there's two alternative sequels to the original movie.
2: I think the idea was to get rid of the sibling storyline. I think that's what that's they wanted the, Yeah, so they're Ju- not Judith related this. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. Which okay. you know, it's fine. I mean, like you know, I, I don't want to say that they they can't do that. It's it's mm. fine. It's um, I want to see Alien Three with Hicks and Ripley. I want to see that. Because fuck the start of Alien 3, even though the rest of the film is fine. Yep. Th- I, I, I think Alien 3 gets a bad rap. It does, but I it's think... all because of the first 10 minutes. Yeah, The first yep. 10 minutes kick you in the balls for liking the second film. Yeah. Yep. As well,
0: wasn't um, um, the initial press release before they'd finished the movie, I think, was showing that Alien 3 would be set on Earth? This time, like, you can't scream on Earth. There was There's some press release thing on oh YouTube. yeah it's like on really Earth, everyone
1: can yeah. hear you scream yeah that, i think that's yeah. it something like that yeah and then nope <laughs> it's completely unrelated It's <laughs> <laughs> like jurassic park I, yeah this one's going to be in space and then it comes out and it's like no it's just on another island but you told us yeah. it was in space
2: <laughs> nope um but yeah that's i mean we could or we should do an alien podcast at some point
1: we really should. I need to show um, Trish Aliens. She's seen Alien with me, but she's never seen Aliens.
2: And Aliens <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, are you going to tell her, like, it? this is a very different film to the first one? <laughs> Do you
1: remember how good the first one was? Well, this is just as good, if not better.
2: Well, yeah, the first one's quite slow paced, so I can see the way this you is, think that.
1: This one's plural. Jazz hands. <laughs> oh, that jazzy ha- jazz hands in event. Yep. <laughs> God. Anyway, um, we should probably move on. To our yeah, so oh, I, I guess yeah, let's move on to the main topic of the show. So this week, um, from our last episode, we were either going to do Happy Death Day to you, or we're going to talk about our favorite uh, story from Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Um, I don't think we got a chance to watch Happy Death Day to you. I didn't. So I we're going to be no. doing Treehouse of Horror. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to be picking um, our favorite. Skit or what would you call it? Segment. 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 mini segment? Yeah. All right, favorite segment from a Treehouse of Horror, Um and just chat about, it, just give a bit of an overview and see why we love these segments. So who yeah, wants so to go first? I think so Eddie, you
2: choosing, wanted? No, no, we're choosing. So we're choosing what our favorite one is. And, okay. Um, Ray, I think we we decided to go, and we've we've also discussed which episode and which segment we wanted to do, just so that we didn't overlap. Repeat. Yeah. So Ray I think yours is the first. Yeah we're going to yes. go in, we're going to go in date order when these were initially released. So Ray I think you're first. If Perfect. if memory serves
1: It does. It does. Um uh, my pick is the segment called The Raven. Now this is from the very first Treehouse of Horror which aired in October 1990. Um for those of, who don't know, it's based on an 1845 poem of the same name by American writer Edgar Allan Poe. Um, it's possibly one of the most famous poems of all time. Maybe in part because of this episode of The Simpsons, but it's also, I guess, was popular back in the day as well. Um, sorry. Generally, sorry. As soon
0: as you say Edgar Allan Poe, all I think it's yes. It's the tombstone of favorite famous <laughs> author Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah he, he, our very own spooky Mr. Poe um, so basically I the, when
2: you're talking is never more
1: <laughs> never more never more um, so the actual the, the story the segment is very you know true to the poem it's all about um, uh, this talking raven that visits a tormented man who's lamenting for the loss of his love Lenore Lenore, Lenore? like the soft like the, the fabric yeah. softener with an E at the end um, so funnily enough, actually I was I was researching this before and I never realized the poem it's actually inspired itself from a talking raven that featured in a Dickens novel called Barnaby Ridge, a tale of the riots of eighty, um oh. which I found quite interesting. Um Edgar Allan Poe actually gets a writing credit on this episode, which is oh, that's also really cool. kind, kind of funny. Um so yeah, I mean I mean it follows the 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 story of the poem. So You have Homer representing the narrator sitting in his chambers all alone. um, Just, you know, narrating. He thinks he hears a knock at the door and it's actually at the window and it was a raven. He opens it and he's talking about his lost love and a raven perches and he thinks the raven's mocking him. And he's basically like saying, you know, get out of here, raven, blah, blah, blah. Stop tormenting me. So I think the raven is supposed to be like, at the embodiment of the torture that he feels for the loss of his love. Um, The narrator on this episode, I know Homer actually plays the narrator, but the actual narrator of the poem itself is James Earl Jones. It's um, one of the first, like is it the first time he ever narrated on the Simpsons? Uh, I know this is the third segment in the three segments that he narrates in. Or sorry, uh, voice accent, but I think this is his first appearance on The Simpsons. I believe it's his first
2: appearance, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: season one, it's, uh, you know... Or sorry, season two,
2: wasn't it? I was going to say, the design of uh, the Raven reminds me a little bit of Bartman. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of does look like he has the mask on, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, highlights of the episode. Obviously, you know, James Earl Jones narrating is just fantastic. The man has one of the most beautiful voices of humankind. Um, he, Sorry, on that, I think
0: where, he, he ha- has a lisp or a stutter. I think a stutter be. He, he
1: does, yeah, he does I have mean, a stutter.
0: That's why he has like such a considered voice, the way he yeah, talks. Yeah, because he has to
1: think about what he's saying before he says it. Yeah. Um, and he used to like do poetry as a way to kind of relieve him of a stutter, because um, it would be a remembered passage that wouldn't change uh another thing i really like about this episode is the way it's animated is just astonishing yeah uh, like incredible. really cool camera pans or uh, animation pans um really unusual angles like homer looking up and you know the the perspective of like the p- picture pointing down at him it's just so uh like dreamlike almost I,
0: yeah i think it was really um them trying to show off that they're not just some silly cartoon they're a serious mm. like tv show with depth and understanding and the, all this history involved pulling out the egg growling po- poem and yeah it's so beautiful like the um the high shot when it's looking down from the raven's perspective yeah. on homer is great
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's very unusual for, i guess like you're absolutely right they were trying to flex a bit uh, in the animation department to show like they could go toe to toe with like, which is I guess kind of missed a little bit in Modern Simpsons. Like Modern Simpsons, it's just very static. Um, but obviously you know this is a, uh, an exception because it is a Halloween episode and they do tend to go a little bit more all out for the Halloween episodes. I found.
2: Um, yeah, I guess the it's the, I I think what Rob was saying there is right. That, like this is this is the episode where they were like, no, we're going to we're going to show our arty side and even even for that though like this is a network television show and it's their second season Mm. so you know i I know that they they came out of the blocks with season one as far as their popularity goes but i can only imagine that the budget's only so much so like there's a lot of work going into it from the the artist's point of view for the the 360 panning shots and stuff like that's an awful lot of work and it looks so amazing and beautiful and mm. creepy. I don't think you can get the creepiness vibe with the way animation is done anymore, uh, like it is in this. It's so like the the grain is there. It's so yeah. it's really like a you know, it's nearly like you yeah. can feel but, the, the drawing on the on the mm, screen. That's yeah. a
0: really good point. And that's it like the I won't say forced perspective, but like the kind of strange perspectives you get, the weird angles and like the curvature to everything when the Raven's flying around and you see that um, high shot, it's just, it is, it's creepy because it's so surreal looking.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, in in classic um, Simpsons, obviously, you know, there's more humor in it than like a serious kind of scary thing. Like, you know, simple things like where the way Homer goes, oh, the door. And, uh, (laughs) or like the little kind of cutaway where he, I'm rapping at the door and he opens and it goes, darkness there and nothing more. And then Bart goes, you know what? It would have been more terrifying than darkness. What? Anything, or <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe it's more, more more terrifying than nothing. Um, and obviously, you know, the the part where it goes, you know, ascent fl- flown by some unseen sensor, and the sensor hits him in the head, and goes, oh, Stupid sensor. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I just love that bit. Um, I, I think the fact are... that
2: you know, I think the fact that we all, I'm fairly sure, are thinking at, like exactly what the shots in this are, and yeah. I I haven't, I haven't seen this in a few weeks, I think. But <laughs> I, I
1: thought you were gonna say I haven't seen this in years. A oh, few, well, well, I, 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 I mean, you <laughs> and I watch it regularly. So.
2: Yeah, no, you and I watched together. Uh, well, I usually watch a few as Far as over Halloween, but I—I I could go another five years without watching this episode and have a lot of single frames etched into mm. my head yep. with them, um, just because it's such so vivid and memorable. And I don't—I yeah. I don't think you could get that with a lot of Trios episodes.
1: Yeah, the the other thing, and I'll I'll leave this as kind of like my signing off point on this. I I loved this segment so much growing up. Um, I think it was my first introduction to Edgar Allan Poe. Um, was this segment, and I remember loving the poem so much that I had the episode on repeat, and I was trying to write down the lyrics of the poem, just like cutting out the comedy bits and trying to see if I could get the whole poem written down. Uh, this is obviously you know pre-internet, pre-fucking like I could have guest gone into a library and that's where like, oh, no. a, a collection but then again i didn't know it was an edgar Allan poe thing at the time or i didn't well i know lisa says it's by him but you know i would never have thought to go to the library to pick up a book of that so i just had my own version of it written down and i would just recite it i was like oh this is really cool really cool I really want to learn this um but yeah i, I wish you, great you still I wish I, you me still too I'm yep. sure I have some chicken scratching writing of it at home
2: somewhere. Ah, I imagine you haven't, you're haven't reading that out and you know, there's loads of Homer quotes in it that you yeah. thought were part of the original poem. <laughs> Stupid censor. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, who is next? Uh, so Take I it. was 1990, I guess. Who's... Me, is it? I'm 92.
0: Well, 92.
1: Okay. So Treehouse of yeah. Horror 3. Tree. Treehouse yeah. of Horror Tree House of Horror
0: Tree. Um, Three House of Horror
1: Tree. So some context Three on House this. Three
0: House of Horror Tree. <laughs> uh, I absolutely love Three House of Horror episodes, um, especially as a kid. Uh, when I was growing up as a little kid watching The Simpsons and going out trick-or-treating, I used to basically demand of whichever parent was left at home not going trick-or-treating with us. They had to back and record The Simpsons if I missed it, if I wasn't home in time, I had the VHS tape ready to go in the recorder, um, everything set, and it's like, just press record at the right time, and I always used to hope it would be this episode. Um, I mean, I still love it. I'm not sure why it is my favourite when I was a kid. Uh, it just always stuck with me, and it's the Dial Z for zombies in Three Houses. Yeah. Three. Um, Great one. So, the framing device in this episode is them in a Halloween party in the Simpsons' house, and they're I think it's more an American thing. I don't remember ever doing this. We yeah. pass around a bowl of food and you like put your hands in it with your eyes closed. And it's like, oh, that's the brains. And this is his guts. Um, apparently, it's a creepy game. I've never played it. Mm. You know, sp- speaking as an Irish person where, you know, Halloween was invented. Um, that's not one of the things we do. Um, but that's fine. It looks like a fun game. So this is the last segment in the episode. Um, And it happily starts off with Grandpa Simpson shitting himself. What? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Remember, (laughs) so this is part of the framing device. Flanders shows up to the house and uh, he has, I don't know how, he has like tucked his head into a suit and he pulls his head out and he blood spurts everywhere. Oh, you're right, yeah. And then...
1: (laughs) For quite a religious man,
0: Flanders is really in on the whole Halloween thing. Yeah. And then Grandpa Simpson, you know, does something... (laughs) it's kind of left there he's probably soiled himself in some way anyway and uh so it goes into the zombie story Mm. that's very much kind of taken from night of the living dead basically snowball one has died and bart tries to bring him back to life for lisa um and then in the process of that they like are in the library and he's reading from some really occult book because they just happen to have an occult section he brings mm. all the dead in Springfield back to life um, and it's just you know absolutely ridiculous stuff of you know any zombie movie with Homer killing Flanders <laughs> on the best lines still I think in all Simpsons history Dad uh, you <laughs> killed the zombie Flanders he was, he was a, zombie. a zombie Yeah, Homer, <laughs> Homer is just a murderer Homer's just a murderer, but also, <laughs> my favorite bit before that was um Homer. Like, uh, he forgets to barricade the door uh, from the zombies. It's like, <laughs> Homer, did you barricade the door? Why? Oh, zombies. No. <laughs> of course, the zombies break in and they try to eat his brains because he tries to protect his family. And it's just like, he has no brains. <laughs> zombies reject Homer. <laughs> brains, and brains! Um And then they have to go off to the library to kind of solve it and read from the book again and send the zombies back to their graves. Um, Yeah, it's just, I love it. It's such a good episode. Like, having listened to the commentary for the first time today, um, the episode itself is kind of riddled with a few little problems. Like, apparently it had a huge amount of rewrites. They'd sent the whole thing off to get animated in Korea, and they realized a lot of the jokes weren't working so they have to rewrite it. So that's where, like in some of the segments, I can't think of a one in this segment, but you can see that it's clearly ADR'd or like okay. they've reversed it a little bit. Like, you know, the segment, I think, is it the first one? The one with the Krusty doll? Um, And Homer is buying uh, the Krusty doll off what's basically the shopkeeper in Gremlins. Yeah. And um, that whole... The Fogart Fogart. Thing. Yeah, I think that whole thing is ADR'd. There was different jokes there. All oh, right, um, But... You know, I'm not like the talking Simpsons guys. I don't need to hear what the original joke was because that's mm. classic to me. Um, but yeah, that's I've good. always loved this, this zombie one. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good. That's bad. Can I go now? <laughs> it contains potassium benzoate. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> like, there is a, a lot There's of so many jokes. great quotes in that episode. Oh, there or just, just is. Like,
0: <laughs> excuse me, I'm John Smith. John, John Smith, Namaste. Namaste. but then um, like
1: there's all these like famous people like what are they buried in springfield like washington okay. well uh, not only
0: that right they're somehow buried in springfield george washington william shakespeare but also their <laughs> corpses aren't fully decomposed and they've been dead for hundreds of years <laughs>
1: the show is over <laughs> <They're> wearing clothes
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it's funny not nine. you
1: too yeah. and i never even thought of that
0: and Bar- uh, yeah, uh, Barney just resorts to being a cannibal.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do like, I, 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 like they, I like how they bring in characters from Springfield into these episodes and kind of show you a little insight into what they're doing and mm-hmm. how they'd react to these situations. And we're not just getting the Simpsons perspective. So I yeah, think, it's, uh, like like William's letting...
1: reaction when he's just like doing the gardening in the in the school at night time for some bizarre yeah. reason, and he goes, "There, pretty as a picture." Ah! Zombies! Yeah, the zombies and you come just, out of the He just like, huh, just
0: pats it over but, again. Well, there, a picture? Watching that as an adult, right?
1: Why are there zombies in the school grounds? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Eh? That
0: even, it, w-
2: it would be even creepier if there were like zombie kids. Yeah. Well, it might tie, it might tie in with my episode in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, way way.
0: oh, yeah. Um, actually, there's some hints of your episode in this, as well, really, with uh, Skinner calling Martin up to his uh, office. <laughs> juicy brain of yours, bring that big juicy brain of yours.
1: <laughs> Where Martin leaves the class, yeah, <laughs> he follows the instructions.
0: I just love, yeah, I love,
2: I love how they know exactly what's going on, and yet the, the teachers, after telling me what to do, I have to go, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, is there
1: any other kind of like amazing po- points in that episode? Um,
2: well, the bit yeah. is to say when, when, I mean, Fland- apparently the zombies can talk because doesn't Flanders come up to Homer? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. goes, hey Homer, I'm man, I your chew ear. your ear. Yeah. <laughs> Does that,
0: uh, like the writers say, this was a Al Jean and Mike Reese um, season, so. They say it was kind of very much Night of the Living Dead. I see a lot of pet cemetery in it, maybe because I read mm. the book last year, but there are obviously overt uh, stuff to pet cemetery, but, you know, a pet dying and then being brought back to life, and this leads to all sorts of hijinks.
2: Mm.
0: But yeah, it's sort of just mental.
2: It's a, really, it's a really fun episode, and it's bonkers, and you can see that they were, they were kind of pushing out the... The ideas that they had from original Treehouse of Horrors, I think they were definitely finding that they could just play now in the Treehouse of Horrors and not have to worry about character motivations. You know, because the yeah. you know, Homer's just a murderer in this, but you know he's not really.
0: They kind of, yeah. they even say that in some of the commentaries I listened to a few of them for the Treehouse of Horrors, um, and they very much say that of like, well, this isn't really Bart, this isn't really Homer, yeah, um, it's just, you know, a what if thing. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah. That, that's a good point it's just loads of fun as say my i always love this episode so much um i think i must have taped a bit four or five times
1: yeah i think <laughs> just that's just tapes <laughs> it's definitely one that when myself and ed were living together like the first few treehouse of horrors are just classics and this just falls into like right in the middle of those um like that holds that whole um episode and the three segments in it what are the other two um you said the first one was
0: the clan uh clan without pity and king homer
1: yeah so the king homer so. is obviously the party of um Yeah. um it's king probably the, the the more lackluster of all three of them but you know still pretty
0: yeah weird. i never loved that one as a kid well okay mm. i loved it um it just wasn't my favorite 'Cause you know, I loved all Simpsons as a kid.
1: Bit of a, a a segue on that one. Um the King Homer one, I always loved the bit where he eats Lenny. Oh yeah. <laughs> was, hey Homer, quit eating me. Oh god, going, slurping noises up?
0: as well. Um <laughs> I don't think women and semen mix. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god, that oh. quote
1: is just fantastic.
2: Yep. The it's amount like, of the amount of like jokes that we never picked up on on Smithers yeah. being gay when we were children is hilarious. <laughs> it's like so obvious the whole <laughs> way through.
1: Um,
0: yeah.
2: But
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had that dream again. You're the one with the flying through the window.
0: <laughs> never mind. my worst diary again, sir. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's uh, all I have to say in that. Um It's a very fun segment. I will. I will rewatch it again for
2: maybe the third time before Halloween.
1: <laughs> and in <laughs> continuity, Eddie, what about you?
2: Yeah, so mine is from Treehouse of Horror 5, which was released on October 30th, 1994. And the segment I'm choosing is Nightmare Cafe Cafeteria. But just to say on the episode overall, it was voted by, I think it was Mojo, as the best Treehouse of Horror episode. Altogether, three hours of power five. Wow, it is great. Uh, yep. Yeah, you have of, you have the shinning as uh, <laughs> as obviously an homage to the Shining, Shh, and then his, and then the, the 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 Time and Punishment episode where um, Homer creates uh, a time travel. We should have talked about that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, we can do <laughs> honorary mentions after this. Uh, we uh, yeah, so that's when Homer creates a, a time machine through his toaster that he's after destroying. So, just
0: one of the I the, oh, sorry, the through line that I love in this episode is Willie getting axed
2: in the back, and every yes. <laughs> in
1: each segment, yeah,
2: it's incredible. I I listen again, listen to the commentary. The, the, the writers talked about how it's the first treehouse of horror where there's actually a through line, where there's actually one character who stays the same in all three.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: wow. And it kind of links it together.
0: That's pretty
2: but, cool. So this is Nightmare Cafeteria, and it starts out with Bart getting detention for turning his desk around and trying to convince the the rest of his classmates to do the same. <laughs> and as he, as Krabappo comes into the classroom, he realizes that he's the only one who's turned his desk around. So he gets detention. And uh, the there's so many people in detention that they have to have it in the cafeteria. And you see Lunch Lady Dara's bringing out grade F meat for lunch. Uh, she spills. Well, she, I say she spills. Jimbo trips her up. <laughs>
1: like, and awful. then he gives out that he got gravy on his shirt. Yes, yeah, they're yeah, awful people. Yeah, my
2: favourite shirt. Yeah, you could have killed the poor woman. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Skinner, for some reason, licks, <laughs> licks his fingers after touching Jimbo's shirt and uh, decides that it tastes really good. So anyway, that, yeah. that means that they go and c- kill and cook Jimbo. Well,
0: and, what's funnier is actually he's uh, he's cleaning the pot and then they close it on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's very hard That's to very clean the pot when he
1: keeps b- pouring uh, meat tenderizer <laughs> on me. <laughs>
2: uh, but they, they, they make him make Jimbo into burgers and give them to all the teachers and students. And Skinner immediately tells the teachers basically what's going on. Well, Krabobble guesses it, and Skinner just taps his nose, saying he won't tell. But they all know that they're eating students, and they all seem to be fine with this.
1: But isn't like the the hint at it um, when Uder goes up and he goes, Oh, may I have another sloppy Jimbo?
2: Yeah. And then, so he goes up oh for a helping, and Skinner calls him out for being fat, <laughs> while licking his lips and saying, you're, you're getting all tenderised. Yep. So he kills Uder then and then they have an Oktoberfest day an Oktoberfest day where they're eating bratwursts oh, and, uh, and that Uderbrow Uderbrow yeah and then feckin Skinner is uh, is saying like I guess you could say there's a little bit of Uder in all of us I guess you could say we ate Uder and he's in our stomach right now <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just so on stra- the nose about it. stop that one <laughs> So we go from there and Brad and Lisa ask Mars for help, who says they need to fight their own battles. All the adult characters in this are horrendous in this They're episode. so apathetic. Yeah. Bastards. So um they're back in the school, Wendell gets detention for dropping his pencil.
1: <laughs> but then like, <laughs> isn't Krobopol already massively overweight by that point? Yet? Yeah, He's yeah. Like, <laughs> detention. Say, like, this
0: is disgusting, right? But when they, they, they Those kids go a long way in terms of meals. Like one kid serves several hundred
2: students, probably. What and you get, think, are you saying, Rob? Some are getting second helpings as well.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: disgusting. I love the, <laughs> uh, the little joke
1: in it when, um, I don't know whether it's before or after Bart and Lisa get caught, but where Skinner goes, oh, better check on the free-range children, and it's yeah. just <laughs> lads out the window just running around. <laughs> but there was like, who was it, Martin
0: or someone else in like cages?
1: Yeah, quit, quit moving in there, you're going to get all skinny and tough or something. Yeah,
0: stringy.
2: They're, and... they're drinking from the little bottle of water like a like a gerbil would. <laughs> oh. um, so, Lisa, Bart and Mailhouse <laughs> decide to make a run for it, and as that happens, Willie gets murdered by Skinner with an axe (laughs) to the back. Lunch Lady Doris appears with a food mixer and a lot of blood on her apron. And the three kids are stalked down the hallway by the teachers towards a huge blender where Millhouse falls in and dies with a disgusting sound. (laughs) I
1: think this is the first time you actually see in in a Treehouse episode a kid die.
2: Yeah, I think it is. I know. Even
1: remember as a kid watching this episode, going, "I said, well, they're not going to show Millhouse falling in and getting blended." And then it happened. I was like, (gasps) "Holy shit!"
2: Yeah, it's 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 disgusting that it's so funny though because it's just it's just so quick. It's like. (laughs) <laughs> oh God, yeah, it is. I'm sure something will come along to save us, Simpsons children. But that's it. I love how Bart is being so mm. smug because he's like, yep. "Oh, we've been here before. We don't die in these situations." Mm. And, then they, and anyway, then they fall, and you find out it's a dream. But um, I love, I love this episode. It's so funny. Um, but I have a- f- Sorry, good. Isn't the ending? Are you about to say the ending of this episode? No, I wasn't going to go into it because it's not part of the nightmare commentary. The the, the, yeah. the turning inside out bit is that what you're yeah. talking about? Oh, heavy so up and goes, the only thing you need to worry about is that fog that turns everyone inside out. Oh, it's getting yeah, in and again. And then oh, all the, they all turn inside out and um, Santa's little helper starts eating bark.
1: Yeah, yeah he uh, just makes off with him. Like, he just grabs yeah. his leg and starts ripping yeah. him to fucking and pieces. It, and
2: again, none of the other family seem concerned about this.
0: Nope.
2: So, so the Nightmare. title of Nightmare Cafeteria comes from, I don't know if you, you you guys have heard of this, I hadn't, or even seen it. It was a short-lived Wes Craven anthology series called Nightmare Cafe.
1: Hmm. Oh, never no. heard
2: of it? No. no, I'd never heard of it either. I'd also, I might get crucified for this, but uh, it's a parody of a film called Soylent Green, which again, I've never heard of.
1: I've heard of it, I but never seen yeah. it. Yeah,
2: I know the famous line,
1: uh, Soylent yep. Green is people.
2: Yeah, yep. so Soylent Green, which was released in 1973, is an American eco- ecological dystopian thriller film that mm. was directed by Richard Fleischer and stars Charlton Heston. And as Ray saying there, Soylent Green was a food made by Soylent Industries that was supplying food to half the world's population in a mm. ravaged earth in 2022. Little did they know how fucking close, close we are. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> mm, we might be having Eddie burgers later. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: yeah and the, so the secret ingredient of this this is uh humans yeah
1: you know but, um
0: i've
2: always kind of been disgusted particularly by cannibalism stuff i thought you were going to say I'm, I'm so disgusted by the taste of humans i've, no. I've never i've never come around to it <laughs> i've tried a few times or other white meat um no i don't know what it is i think it's
0: just that sort of debasement of yourself that clearly you've you've that's but that's the whole idea right you've yeah like being a zombie um you've completely stopped being human at this point
1: i think it's it's the ultimate taboo i mean like it's one of those things that there's a few different horror movies and creatures that are spawned from the act of cannibalism like obviously yeah horror um sorry not horror, uh, zombies are one of the more famous ones but wendy goes come from the same thing wendy goes is a native american um uh supernatural creature that apparently humans turn into if they succumb to cannibalism. So if you um, like, I really hope I'm not butchering the the mythology on this, but I'm pretty sure it's like a spirit that inherits your body that if you start succumbing to cannibalism, you turn into a Wendigo and as a Wendigo, you just crave human flesh. That
2: sounds familiar. There's a film based on that, isn't there where it's, it's called Raw. Or the premise the premise is basically this, this person's a vegetarian and then they mm. they taste meat and then they become a cannibal. Oh as really? Far as, I've never seen it but that's but I, as far as I remember that's the premise.
1: Yeah. If anyone's yeah. ever played the video game uh Until Dawn, it's actually there's Wendigo's in that and it's uh, very very well done actually. Okay.
2: But showrunner the showrunner of the season was David Merkin and he deliberately placed more graphic violence in this episode. Because there was complaints about excessive violence to, in the show for that season, so he put, more, he put more in. Yep. <laughs> um, I, sorry, go that's on.
0: like a running team of all the Treehouse of Horrors, isn't it? Where they just like we're going to be the most violent thing ever. <laughs> this this one
1: <laughs> though,
2: this one though, was rated TV originally uh, rated TV PG, but um, it was re-rated as TV fourteen. Um, oh wow! In, in the states. And in all airings, the episode's ending is not removed, but the blood is removed from Lunch Lady Doris's apron. So you can only watch that on the DVD where that's she has bad. the blood in her apron.
1: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah,
2: um, But a, a couple of things I found while listening to the commentary was um, originally Sherry and Terry were also going to be cooked. And they were going to be teriyaki steak with sherry sauce. Brilliant. <laughs>
1: oh, God. That, that is fantastic.
2: Brilliant. Oh, my goodness. Um, the other fact, which I actually, I you know, I've seen this episode a million times, and I never picked up on the fact that Homer does not appear in the episode.
1: The, really? No.
2: Nope. In, in that segment, I mean? In that segment, yet. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I suppose they go yeah. running to Marge for help. Yeah, and originally he was in that scene. And he when Lisa said they're 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 cooking humans or they're cooking children, Homer goes, Mmm, children. And then, <laughs> oh, God. and then and then Lisa goes, Dad, even you don't cook children. And Homer admits to having created a cookery book filled with recipes for cooking millhouse. <sighs> <laughs> which, which then in the Jesus. next scene ends up ends up being in Miss Krabappel's hands. She she has the book, the joy of cooking. Millhouse. I hands. wonder but is I, that
1: like in some scenes is it by Homer Simpson?
2: I I don't Ooh. think so. But that was it was originally um, he he had shown his cookbook to Millhouse's parents, Kirk and Luan, and he said they weren't they weren't happy about it. But they're very close-minded people. <laughs> oh my oh, god! That's amazing. Imagine someone just coming up to your door. Look what I wrote. Yeah, yeah. I, it's my it's my favorite episode because it's quite scary in part. Yeah, I agree, but I love that the rules don't make any sense because the kids again know exactly what's going on and they yeah. just go and along still, with it. Yeah, they go along. They
1: go to school every day
2: because I I guess that's you know it could it could be seen as a commentary for. Um, for communism or fascism or you know just going along with what the rules say regardless of what's actually happening.
1: Mm.
0: It's also just the ridiculousness of it, you know. Um so I was kind of wondering you stay
1: home? if you guys had any um what's the the phrase I'm looking for honorary mentions or uh, honorable like, mentions. of honorable uh, segments that need to be uh highlighted. Um me personally uh, the one I actually want I won't uh, labor on it too much, is Homer Cubed. The episode where Homer enters the 3D world yep. is possibly one of my other favorites. Like, it was a very close one. I actually really wanted to put that one in. But just that whole concept of, like he discovers this portal to another dimension behind the cupboard purely because he's hiding from Patty and Selma who want to just go through home movies and suck out creatures from shells to clean them. <laughs> it's, just, it's just unusual. Oh but um, God. but just the fact that at the time they did a fully 3D rendered Homer Simpson at a time when it was very difficult to do 3D graphics for television shows. Um, It, it looks fine. I mean, look, it's a little dated by today's standards. Um, it works for the show,
2: though. It, I don't think it's yeah. dated in the context of the show.
1: No, no, absolutely, yeah. And it does look like it's just animation in 3d and that's all it needed to be um but just like simple things like where homer goes missing and Ned Flanders comes in and he just brings a stepladder into the living room and he goes well <laughs> you can't <laughs> find him <them> anywhere <laughs> or uh, the part where like uh professor frink draws the uh thing on the wall and then he tries to explain the third dimension he goes and here we have a square and we can go whoa 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 slow down point Dexter." <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, just simple things like that. Like um, I think the whole time he spends in the three D world is beautiful. The music playing over it is absolutely beautiful, and it has a very unusual twist ending to it. I won't spoil it for anyone, um, but it's 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 just a fantastic little segment.
0: It's like the sorry, the, I think you can't spoil the twist ending. Yeah, uh, it's okay. pretty. <laughs> okay, Oliver ends it. up in the
1: real world looking for erotic cakes.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: that's but also that's... incredible.
0: Yeah, that's like yeah. the second piece of live action that I think was ever in The Simpsons, right? I think it's the first. No, I think there was a there was a tiny bit in Treehouse Horror Four, maybe. Because um, I just listened to commentary in a Horror Four today, oddly without watching the episode. Um, oh. That they talk about there's one scene at the very very start, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, that is great. Honorable mentions. Oh, um, man, maybe it's because I'm actually looking at it right now, The Devil and Homer Simpson. <laughs> that is a fantastic episode. so dope. good. Um, especially like the, it goes back to the ridiculousness of like, why would you go to school if it's full of cannibal teachers? And then Homer at the end of The Devil and Homer Simpson, his head is a giant donut. And one, he's eating it. And two, he's going to go to work when there's a bunch of cops outside who are threatening to eat him.
1: <laughs> that episode hey, has like, some point. It has some very (laughs) weird moments in it. I mean, it it, it harks back, like, every time Ned Flanders appears in one of these episodes, he's always playing, like, the really evil overlord or some sort of dark, demented figure. It's, like, obviously a really nice little nod to, like, the alternative version of him. But, like, just the fact that he's the devil and, like, he walks into the kitchen and he goes, oh, hey, Bart. And Bart goes, hey. (laughs) Hey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The other uh, nice thing about the episode is you've got uh, outtakes, in some, is it the 138 episode spectacular shows them maybe? Yeah. um
1: The bit where yeah, Homer falls saw... onto the conveyor belt and the demon chops him up, and he like puts loads of it in the trash, and then some of it into hot dog meat. I, I thought that's in the original episode. No, I don't know if that's in the There's original. There's extra bits with like. See, this is where my
0: brain the gets mixed his up. His mouth and something else. There's also a bit where they're bowling with Homer's face. And he gets, hits the bowling pin, his head hmm. breaks apart. Um and then of course the so he like donuts, eh?
1: Have all the donuts in the world.
0: And hot, he just hot, yeah, he eats hot, all of hot, the donuts hot, in the world. <laughs> and he's really, <laughs> really happy. I mean, it's just the little
2: hands. Like he, he wants more at the end is the best. <laughs> yeah, more. All, <laughs> all donuts the donuts in the world time. are not enough for
0: Homer. No. Hal Jolston went mad in thirty minutes or sixty minutes. Um yeah. That's my honorable mention.
1: I love that there's there's a little. Um, was it? Was Richard Nixon still alive at the time that that episode came out? Yes. Because yep. there's a part where he goes, and you know, former President Richard Nixon goes, "I'm not dead yet." He goes, "Hey, I did you a favor, yes, Master." <laughs> Matt Groening hates
0: Richard Nixon. It's like it's so prevalent in Futurama too. Like he just has such a
2: loathing of that man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it the is it the episode where Homer goes into space, where when they're they're lifting off, the pressure <laughs> yep. gets to Homer and he's his face slowly turns into Richard Nixon's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and also <laughs> another, another
1: point in the same episode, the same joke is used where he turns into Popeye. You know, it's all yep.
2: I can stand, and I can't stand
1: some more.
0: <laughs> That's when he's in the speed test, yeah. isn't it?
1: I love that the fact that, like when he actually does the rocket test, he's, his face changes again. Like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Um,
1: what about you, Eddie? Do you have any honorable mentions?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go a bit left field with mine, actually. Um, I know this is sacrilegious to say when I'm talking about The Simpsons, but I'm going for A Treehouse of Horror 19, which was season 20 Jesus of The Simpsons. Boy, you even know this one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's called Untitled Robot Parody, and it's the Transformers parody. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yep. Yeah, it has two jokes that every time I watch it, I belly laugh. They're that funny. And okay. it's basically how Bart gets Lisa a Malibu Stacy convertible for her for for Halloween or for her birthday. I can't remember which. And it ends up being a Transformer. And that transformer turns all the technology in Springfield into Transformers so that they can have a war with each other. And then <laughs> and then Marge Marge asks why they're fighting and they can't remember. So they stop fighting and then they say, Oh, brilliant. Now that we're not fighting, we can enslave humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so they enslave humanity. But the, the two jokes that I <laughs> the two jokes that I love in it are one is um where it's all the tra- all the transformers are lining up for duty and uh, there's there's the radio is a transformer, and it's a pink radio, and you know they're all turning up and going um, garbage can or um, I don't know microwave microwave, and then it, the the pink radio turns in crosses her legs like a, like a real female like the most you know. Beautiful transformer you could imagine <laughs> with, his being very prancy and neat and tidy, and uh, she she just goes melody, <laughs> melody, that's her name. <laughs> yeah, but, like she yeah. pink pink robot crossing her legs, like, yep. like um uh, yeah, like the most what's the word you'd use for it? um effeminate? Yeah, like an effeminate robot, and then going yeah mel- melody. It can't be putting our gender norms onto robots now. And there's yeah, another one really... called um, Lovebot, who who turns up late for the meeting. Oh God, yeah, and and comes in, and the leader of the uh, you know the, the Transformers goes, uh, Lovebot, where have you been? Where haven't I been? <laughs> <It's>, you know,
0: <laughs> that always struck me as such um, such a Futurama joke as well. Yeah, where yeah, because be? they they, uh, they always have so many. Uh, Robot and sex robot stuff in Futurama too. But yeah. Oh,
2: Ugh. God! This is so the type of topic very... that we could talk for hours on. I know it's a very it's a very fun episode. If no one's checked it out, there's a, there's a handful of very good Treehouse of Horror episodes out there that um, are outside the norm of the the rubbish that is The Simpsons since about season twelve or thirteen.
1: Yeah. Um, one super quick Easter egg, well, not really Easter egg, but just something I always pick up on when I hear it is the episode you mentioned earlier on, Eddie, about the time travel and Homer and the toaster. Um, mm-hmm. The sound effect used for the T Rex in that is actually the T Rex from Jurassic Park. It's hidden though. It's like it's in there because I I know that noise like the fucking back of my hand. Because if I heard that noise, I would say that's the T Rex right there. Um, but they've there's added- a T Rex right here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just the back of my hand. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but like they've they've obviously got the Jurassic Park T Rex roar, but they've added like in one or two other animals on top to kind of hide it. But if you listen really close, it is the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Very good. I didn't. I never knew that. That's gas. Nope.
0: Yeah. I'd have to listen out for that name.
1: Um, any other um quick honorable mentions, or are you happy enough?
0: i would happy enough because I, I think I'll just keep listing ones otherwise. Yeah. I really I have game. a few I really want to talk about but I won't because we will just be here forever.
1: Well, look, we might get in another uh, episode before the, the, the month's out of We whether... also need to
2: save, save them for next year.
1: <laughs> That's true. 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 Yep. Okay, so that's been our episode this week where we were chatting about our favourite segments from The Simpsons' Treehouse Horror. Join us next time where we're probably going to be chatting about Happy Death Day to You, the sequel to Happy Death Day. Um, In between then, why not check us out on Instagram at Screen17 Podcast.
2: I've been Ray. I'm Rob. And I'm still Honest Stereo. You can also, I've started to publish our stuff on the Facebook page, so you can find us on Facebook at Screen17 you can give us a like and you can give us a chat and if you have any suggestions for topics and you'd like us to cover let us know and we can uh, we can deny or or, uh, gratefully take your suggestion on board
1: and we'll see you next time
2: goodbye goodbye